Today on Bridges, we are going to talk about obedience and failure. Monica Schmelter, I'm so glad that you could join us for Bridges today. We will be talking about obedience and failure, and my guest is Pastor Barry Smith, and Pastor Barry, always good to have you on Bridges. Thank you for having us. This is the one thing when I'm asked to do, I will cancel anything else I'm <laughs> going for, because I really love and appreciate you and your whole team here. Um, it's a joy to be with you. Thank you, and it's a joy to have you, and we appreciate having uh, GC Church on the air with us, and yeah. I love your messages. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us. So we're going to talk about obedience and failure. And uh, hopefully I obey a lot, but mm-hmm. Pastor Barry, I have a lot of experience at failure. <laughs> well, I thought that maybe we could split the responsibilities. You could mm-hmm. be obedient. I could be failure because I'm so good at that role. I am good so. at that too. I'm, I'm consistent, right? <laughs> but we've been studying out of John chapter 18, and I mm-hmm. love the book of John for so many reasons. Um, and it, highlights, right, the obedience of Christ, the love of Christ. We see Jesus being the perfect example of obedience. And this chapter is one where we look at Peter a lot. So let's talk about my dear friend, Peter. I love Peter, don't you? Well, um, he really helps set the bar low for us sometimes. (laughs) Uh, And then there are moments he sets them high. Um, He seemed to be somewhat of a pendulum that would swing. In In one minute, Jesus is looking at him and says, you are a rock. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. Just a few verses later, get behind me, Satan. So here's this founding member of God's work in the earth to birth the church, to advance the kingdom. And we see within him times of great success and great failure. And we should all be able to identify with that. And it brings me great comfort because I see how Jesus is so merciful and long-suffering and patient. He works with us. Yes. You know, this is such a, a tough time in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And to see Peter deny him, and he knew it was going to happen, but it still had to hurt. Sure. I mean, w- when you look at uh, John chapter 18, so full of characters, um, Jesus is the only innocent character yeah. in the whole passage. Yeah. You, you've got the people who came to take him away, the religious leaders, the soldiers who despised him. You've got Pilate, who are like a lot of people who've had an encounter with him, but couldn't make up his mind. Yeah. I think a lot of people are there. And then you've got Barabbas, who didn't even know him, but he was set free because of him. And then you've got, God bless his heart, as we would say in the <laughs> South, Peter, one of the three closest friends of Jesus, who actually denies him. I find that striking out of all the people who could have failed. Yes. Why Peter? Yeah. And he made that statement, right? I'm, I'm ready to die for you. I, I won't yes. deny you. And so I think of that scripture that talks about take heed lest you fall, you know. Yes. And, and I, I remind myself that that could happen to any one of us if we're, if we're not careful. Absolutely. And sometimes I think we can be pretty hard on Peter. But like I said to you before we got started, I think we've all denied Jesus at some point or another. Without question. You know, one of the things that I look at Peter's failure is, he, it's not like that he failed. He, he didn't have an affair. He didn't embezzle money. Mm-hmm. He didn't um, do something that we all consider very horrible. But yet his failure was not in falling, but in failing to stand when he had the opportunity. And how many times, you know, 
we don't go out and maybe commit huge sins that are in the newspaper or on, mm-hmm. you know, on the television, mm-hmm. yet every day we have opportunities to stand up and be accounted for the cause of Christ. Right. And mm-hmm. maybe because of the hostility he saw in the culture, uh, and that's something we can identify readily with today, mm-hmm. um, there are people like the religious leaders who despise Jesus and anything to do with Jesus, anything about the church. There are people who've heard of Jesus and they've not made up their mind about Jesus. And then there are those of us who have who love Jesus like Peter did. He did not he did not try to cut off the ear of the soldier in the garden. He was aiming for his head. Um, <laughs> nobody comes and says, ah, "I'm going to cut off your ear." Exactly. Um, there was a passion he had for That's Jesus, right. but I'm not sure he understood the passion Jesus had for him. Yeah. You know, look at who I believe to be the author of the book of John, John, who kind of writes it in a third person and calls himself the disciple that Jesus loves. loves. (laughs) Now, you've got Peter saying, Jesus, I love you. I'll die with you in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. I'll fight. And you've got John calling himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Look at the difference in the two. When times got hard, Peter's love for Jesus wasn't enough to sustain him. Mm -hmm. But Jesus' love for John was what empowered him to be at the foot of the cross when Jesus was being crucified. Sometimes we fail to stand when we have the opportunity because we simply don't know how much he loves us. Right. And you think about some of the Apostle Paul's prayers that come later where he says, Mm -hmm. you know, I pray that you would know the height and the depth and the breadth because if we know that, it's easier to stand. Not that it's always easy to stand, right? but that it, it makes us able, because I look at this situation, you think about all the situations in Peter's life in, in John chapter mm-hmm. 18, uh, this first denial, I believe it is, in verse 16, it starts out, but Peter stood outside the door, you know, mm-hmm. he's not with them. It says, so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept a watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? I mean, simple question. Wow. And he says, I am not. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons we so easily come down on Peter. Yeah. But looking at Peter for me is like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Because there are so many times that God gives us that opportunity in those tough moments to honor him. And what do we do? We react in our humanity rather than respond as the spiritual being we are in Christ. So I got to cut Peter. I've got to give him a break. Yes, I do too. And say, he's still, he's still hanging in there. You know, he's trailing behind. It says he's, he's behind everybody else. He's warming himself Mm. at the fire with people that are not friends of Jesus. That's a big one. So that's happening. And I got to think that in that moment, he said, I am not, that he just instantly mm-hmm. regretted it, even though that happened, because we all fail. And I think if we can understand failure and that with Jesus, it's not final. He loves us anyway. He's still beckoning to Peter through all of this. For me, that's hugely comforting. Yes. You, you bring up a point that stirs up the preacher inside of us. <laughs> and that's one of the things you are excellent at. And, and that is, he's warming himself by the enemy's fire. Yep. And you can't do that without smelling like smoke at some point. And so many times, who we hang out with and the influences we allow in our lives mm-hmm. impact our choice to stand up right. and be counted or not to do that. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the beautiful things you just said is, um, you know, I, I often say this, failure is what you've done. It's not who you are. Amen. You can't give Peter this identity because God had great things ahead. Now, the sad part is we both have friends uh, and all of us who, who love Jesus and know Jesus have friends that try to assign our failure as our identity and make this who we are. As a matter of fact, uh, I was sharing with you before we went on the air today, I was privileged five years ago to visit the nation of Israel. And we have our missionaries coming in from Israel in just a few weeks. We're so excited to see them. But they took us to a place, and they're marked by the Christians because the Christians came through and marked every story of the Bible with some sort of monument. <laughs> is a stone monument to the failure of Peter. There's, a, there's literally a statue that represents Peter and this little girl tugging, and it tells the story of his failure. For 2,000 years, they have placed his failure in stone. How many times do we look at people like Peter and we let that one moment in their life define them? Yep. If that were my case, I wouldn't be sitting here with this group of people today doing what I'm doing. Without the grace of God, you can't get to where I am, where I started. That's right. And, and a lot of people who knew me back when, they may still have that monument up. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I know a lot of people that do for me, for sure, yes. because I failed many times. I'm not proud of those no. times. But I'm thankful that in spite of my failures, that he's been faithful Amen. to bring me along, that he's been merciful. I mean, this is the whole hope of the gospel, the whole reason that we're going through John chapter 18, the whole reason that we do bridges, the whole reason that CTN is here is the hope of the gospel, that yes. failure is not final. We can return to Christ. Yes, we can. Um, you know, I have to, to capitalize on that too. When, while in Israel, we did go to the place where they monumentalized his <laughs> failure for all to see for ages and ages. But I went to another place by the Sea of Galilee. And that's where Jesus and Peter had the famous, do you love me conversation. Now, it wasn't a lack of love that caused Peter to fail in the first place. And what's so beautiful is this, that Jesus doesn't say, Peter, do you know what you did? That's what a mom or dad does. Exactly. That's their job, right? <laughs> but Jesus says, let me redirect your thoughts to what makes it work. Let's not talk about your failure. Let's talk about your love for me. And immediately, you know, I, I wish the church could get a hold of this for people who fall. Immediately, Jesus trusts Peter with the thing most precious to him when he says, feed my sheep. Those for which Jesus died. And shed his blood. He just says, Peter, I know you love me. And it's our love relationship yeah. that makes it work. And what's so cool is that while there's a monument of stone to his failure, there's an entire church building made of stone dedicated to his redemption. Amen. And I believe God's saying through the ages, your failures may look big, yeah. but my grace is bigger. And it is bigger. And I hope, yes. Pastor Barry, that today, and I hope that as you watch in obedience and, and failure, that we'll see that there's always an opportunity to return to Christ. We yes. can be so mean 
as believers in Christ. We can see someone fall and we can say, oh, they're a hypocrite. This is, you all, without Christ, we are all hypocrites. We have all failed time and time again. I mean, being in full-time ministry, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing the Lord for this many years, I still fail. There are still times that I'm disappointed in my behavior. And you know, there's sometimes that I'm so ridiculously stupid that it'll be a week later that I'll finally feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I'll think, you know, yeah. right? I could have Amen. asked for God's help sooner. I, I could have been more kind with that comment. And so I think we need to extend God's mercy to other people. Absolutely. You know, while, while standing on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, somewhat in the very vicinity of where Peter and Jesus had this come to Jesus talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked up to God as a pastor. Um, I'm blessed to, to pastor one church in two locations, planning for more. Uh, God's raised up two branches of a Christian preschool, and, and I believe there's more in the future for that. Amen. So all of these great things happening, yet I look up at God and I say, God, as you did for Peter. Yeah. Would you please give me my second chance? Yes. Would you allow me to walk in the newness and the freshness of your grace for all the failures I've had mm-hmm. and all the things I, you, you mentioned? One of my favorite words, stupid. And there's a there's a <laughs> saying that says you can't kill stupid. The only cure for stupid is the grace of God. Yeah. And he's been so gracious. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe. Maybe like Peter, as he continued his ministry. When he looked back at that moment of failure, he would just have to say, thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on me. I I would think that he would have to say that. He Mm -hmm. went on to do amazing things through the power of God. And I would just think that there would have to be times that he looked back and thought how dark that time was when he could have stood, but he fell. Mm -hmm. He could have said, yes, I am one of them, right? He just got ready, like you said, to chop off the guy's head. He he had all of that zeal, and yet in a moment, and I think if we are honest, we're all a mixed bag of contradictions. Sure we are. We're like that guy in the book of Luke who says, Lord, I believe, and help me with my unbelief. Uh, None of us are totally just, right? We have moments that the wind blows really hard in our lives. Yes. You know, and you talked about, (laughs) <laughs> Peter came to this situation from a nap. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he really yeah. wasn't prepared prayerfully for right. this trial. And you look at ourselves and when are we more likely to get sifted? When we're tired, Sure. when we're hungry, when, when we've been through one trial after mm-hmm. another, and then it's like the enemy just comes in and I'm not ready and he just takes me yeah. right out. Well, you, you mentioned that, you know, Peter's coming fresh from a nap. And, mm-hmm. and one, of the, one of the important things is when we discuss failure, we, sh- we tend to lean hard on the side that failure is just a fact that it's going to happen. But I believe there are ways that we can avoid those times mm-hmm. of failure. Not all of them, right. obviously, but there are things that we can do to prepare ourselves. Jesus was taking the beating, the scourging. Yeah. He was taking the crown of thorns. He was all those things that we see in the next chapter of John. All this stuff was beginning to happen and he was able to stand. But the reason he could stand on his feet in adversity is because he had spent time on his knees. And that's where he just come from. And I think that is uh, there's there's a saying that prayerlessness leads to carelessness. That's true. And 
you know, Jesus is praying, Peter is sleeping. They both come into adversity. One of them stands up, the other one fails miserably. Right. There's got to be a tie. Right. And you know, it's obedience and failure. That's what we're talking about today based on John 18. And Jesus' obedience was his lifestyle yes. of being dependent on the Father, of giving himself to prayer in the toughest yes. of times. And that's something, like you said, we can all do that. We can. And, and there's some things that happen when we pray. You know, Jesus had a surrendered will. Yeah. But he didn't wait until he faced adversity yeah. to surrender the will. Mm -hmm. He went into the adversity with a surrendered will, yes. and he surrendered it in prayer. Father, not my will. Yes. But yours be done. That's right. Those are the four most powerful words that we can pray. Yes. Thy will be done. Yes. We don't always have the words for our situations. I mean, there are things that I've been through. Honestly, Pastor Barry, I don't, I don't have the words sometimes for the heartbreak, for the trauma, for the relationship problems that come up. But I can always say whatever's on my heart to the Lord and conclude it with, thy will be done. Like I've laid yes. out my heart to you, God, and you yes. know what I'd like to see happen. But nevertheless... Yes. Your will be done. And Your I think that's, the, that's an obedient servant's heart. You know, I, um, I believe that the last real glimpse of the humanity of Christ we get to see is in the garden. Because when he gets up with his will surrendered to the Father's, I have to believe that the divine nature kicked in from that moment on. And when he began to endure things that, were, that we could not withstand. No that should have killed him before he was yes. crucified. I believe that was the divine nature of God in him. And that's a lesson for us. That same nature lives in us. Mm -hmm. And we are able, when we surrender our fleshly nature in prayer to God, we can get up and let the divine nature respond. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where that scripture, the same power that raised Christ yes. from the dead dwells in us and it yes. quickens our mortal bodies. So. We can talk about failure and how, you know, we all know that. I'm, I'm acquainted with failure. But when I lean into who God is and I make it my mission to obey him, yes. regardless of the circumstances, that's when my surrendered will can give in and I can be then a partaker in the divine nature. Absolutely. You know, I've had, um, I've had every opportunity to succeed in life and I've failed more than I've succeeded. Mm -hmm. But in my failures, I have learned more about God's commitment to me than I did in my successes. Isn't that the truth? Because he's there when you succeed. He's bringing the success. But when you fail, he's still there and refuses to leave. And that gives you the confidence to get up. You know, we, as we were talking about, we always say, well, we've all failed. Romans tells us we've all sinned yeah. and come short of the glory of God. And that's where people stop. Mm-hmm. And they lose the power of what, what's being said. Mm -hmm. And the next verse says, but we're justified freely by his grace. Yes. The power is in verse 24, not verse 23. Exactly. <laughs> the common identity is in verse 23, but the hope is in verse 24. It's his grace that justifies us yes. freely. Yes, freely. Yeah. Freely, like, and with, without regret. <laughs> yes. Freely. And so yes. we're talking about obedience and failure today, and we're talking out of John chapter 18. And I hope that you see him wherever you are in your relationship with Christ, or even if you're in that place that you haven't decided what you want to yes. do. 
about Jesus yet and his invitation to you, that he calls us all to obedience and he makes a way for us where there was no way. He makes a way through his mercy, through his blood that we can come. And, you know, some people might look at you, Pastor Barry, you know, GC Church is an amazing church. You've got two locations growing, right? And think, well, you don't know failure, but you've clearly shared today you do know failure, but in your failures, you've learned about the character of Christ. And I have too. God's been good to me. Like when I repent, I feel his presence. Yes. And I understand his mercy in a new way. And I become more compassionate for others because I realize he just loves us. Yes. You know, sometime when you have time to record a six-hour program, <laughs> we'll come in and sit down and talk about my early ministry mm-hmm. where God was working, people were being saved, but I was struggling to remain saved yeah. because I was so broken that I had experienced failure after failure after failure. And I said, God, why are you even allowing me this? Yeah. And I guess through that, it softened my heart for the people I now minister to mm-hmm. because I know what brokenness feels like. Mm-hmm. I know what failure feels like, but I know what grace can do. Yes. And I I think, you know, uh, one day when I was talking to my boss on the phone, he was talking about the situation that happened, and I felt humiliated by the situation. And he said, well, how about you, Monica? Are you humiliated? And I said, you know, I am, but he is my glory and the lifter of my head. Yes. I refuse to let humiliation take over or failure take over when I have the gracious invitation from my Savior. Right. Like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to let failure take over when grace is available to me. And I don't want anyone else to either. Think of it as if you were walking with a very strong person. Mm -hmm. Let's say they're a weightlifter and you're carrying a heavy load. And that weightlifter says, hey, that looks heavy. Can I carry it for you? Mm-hmm. And you say, no, I'll continue <laughs> to struggle with it and drag myself through the door. Exactly. Barely getting there. Mm-hmm. The power of sin is guilt. Yeah. Look at Adam and Eve. It caused them to run from God. Satan doesn't care about the moment of failure. He wants the identity of failure to be assigned to you. Isn't that, that will the cause truth? you to run from God and hide from the very one that says, give me your guilt. Mm-hmm. Give me your, surely he bore our sorrows. He was afflicted for us. And I can see as they lock eyes with Peter and Jesus, as one account tells us, it's as if Jesus is saying, hey, I'm doing this for you. For this moment in your life, I'm giving my life. And that's the thing you got to remember. Your worst moment of failure is the very moment for which Jesus died. Yes. And did so Willingly. Yes. Willingly. He says, no one takes my life. I lay Lay it it down down for you. And you think about those words from our Savior, the creator of the universe, the heart of the Father, through the obedience of his Son, invites us to obedience so that we can live. Yes. And live an abundant life. And Peter's failures, I mean... I. With God's help, right? He gets to those. He grows up and does great things. But learning, we can learn by his failures too and see the patience of God. Well, 
sometimes when you're doing the book of Acts, I would, I would ask that you invite me back. I will. Because I love the book of Acts. And it is Peter hand selected by the Holy Spirit to bring 3,000 people to Christ. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the people who've tasted failure that have the greatest connection to the people we're trying to win. So don't let your failure stop you in Jesus' name. Remember that the redemption you preach for others is the redemption you receive from Christ for yourself. And what you, what the devil meant to destroy you in that moment of failure, God just chooses to reveal another measure of his grace. You said something so important a few moments ago, and you said, you know, failure is not our identity. That is what the enemy would like to assign to us, that we are our failure. But we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is my identity. That's my true identity. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know that the Holy Spirit doesn't convict the believer of sin. He convicts us of righteousness. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us. Yes, it does. He doesn't come to me and say, you're awful. You're horrible. No, he comes to me and says, you're more than this. You are the you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This kind of thing is not what you were made for. Stand up and be who yeah. you are. I'm so glad you brought that up because yes. conviction is not condemnation no. at all. God, no. If if we're hearing when I hear those words, Monica, you're awful. You've messed up. You're a failure. <laughs> I know that that is not God. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. That is not God. God is saying, I made you for more than this. Amen. There is a way for you to get out of this, and that's through yes. the blood of Jesus. And so we have to learn you know, the language of obedience and the language of failure and what the word teaches us about that so that we can go from failure to obedience because Jesus makes it available. Yes. Condemnation is designed by the enemy to push us far from God. Yes. Conviction is designed by love to draw us close to God. And that's, oh, we are out of time, but I do thank you so much. Thank Thank you you for joining. We'll talk in just a moment of the next chapter of John. So, We're so glad that you could join us today. The notes that we talked about today, the scriptures will all be available on the website and the online extras. And I pray with all of my heart, as I know that Pastor Barry does, that God wants you in a place of obedience. Failure is not your identity. Failure is not final. There's more to life than living in our sin and our mistakes and our failure. And uh, the way through that is Jesus Christ. And he gave his life so that you could live and so that I could live. And he says, whoever calls upon his name, he will never, ever, ever cast out. So hold on that today. Hold on to that today. Hold on to Jesus. We're out of time. So we say goodbye and God bless you. For more information on a guest, visit our website, ctntv.org. Don't miss another episode of Bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit youtube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. Don't give in. God's Word says you're an overcomer. If you hadn't done blah, 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 this wouldn't have happened. And let me say this to you. If you think that you are in a mess of your own making, you are still an overcomer. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. It takes training. It takes discipline. 
And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. Prayer changes things. If you need prayer, visit ctntv.org slash prayer today to submit your prayer request. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.